Welcome to this Stroke Journey podcast, brought to you by the National Stroke Education Center at the University of Cincinnati, your premier source for comprehensive diagnostic and therapeutic stroke education from the pre-hospital and emergency settings through the ICU and rehabilitation. Please welcome today's host, Dr. William Knight. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knight coming to you from the University of Cincinnati and the National Stroke Education Center. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by one of my partners and mentors, Dr. Dan Wu. Dan is one of the professors of neurology and a member of our UC Stroke team and was instrumental in helping to train me as a a non-neurologist doing generally uh, what had been previously a neurology specialty with stroke. And Dan's going to join me today to talk about kind of the keys to the neurologic exam from a stroke neurologist like himself who trains non-neurologists like me to be stroke doctors. Dan, thanks for coming and joining us today. Thanks for having me. Today, you know, in general, I I presume that that most of the audience already knows how to do a neurologic exam. But but as you and I both know, there, there can be some deep levels of complexity to doing that neuro exam, particularly when one is rushed or when things are not quite what they seem. And so I know we only have a couple of minutes here, but what tricks and tips do you have to help us hone in on on that more difficult exam? So a couple of things that we always want to be able to do is get a very efficient screening exam. And if you've already gotten a good history, there are a few, only a few other things that you really need to get about cognition, such as orientation, the month and the year. Then the other thing is looking for asymmetries, whether it's in the visual fields, the face, in their arms or their legs. Uh, that's one of the key things I'm looking for. The other thing I often tell people is that speed equals strength. So when something is weak in the hand, that hand will slow down and their normal hand will be flying along uh, and doing like a finger tap or orbiting, bicycling movements, whereas their weaker hand will be slower in movement. You can quickly find these differences when you're even talking to the person, how often they're moving or how quickly they're moving. It's also a key part of functional exams. When you have a functional weakness of, say, the right hand, that hand will move slowly when they do a finger tap, but their normal hand will be flying along. But when you ask them to do it at the same time, then their normal hand will also slow down as they're trying to make their otherwise normal hand move slower. Same thing with uh, their legs. The speed at which they move their legs is a good indication of how strong it is. So someone's flopping their leg on the bed saying, I can't I can't lift my leg. But the speed at which they're moving is a good sign that that's uh, probably a normal uh, exam there. One of my things about people who can't move their legs, if they're looking worried about a functional exam, is to have them then stand on their legs. That's at least four plus strengths because they're holding up hundreds of pounds. It's showing the disparity between uh, what they're saying that the complaint is versus what's happening. So look for those asymmetries and look for those neurologic keys. For reflex testing, I would say knees and ankles are probably the, the pretty much what you need to do. Biceps, brachialis, triceps, you can do, but there's, for, there's a lot of asymmetry between people that we almost never do anything about. And then for cranial nerves, listening for that dysarthria is one skill that you could really practice on every patient. You can hear the difference between their lips moving, their palate, and their tongue. Oh, that's huge. I, I think the the big pieces that I got out of that is often missed in, in my experience of, of both teaching and working with um, in the emergency department is that concept of focusing on and just learning how to do a good visual field exam. Um, largely, that's one that people feel is intimidating, but really isn't if you learn how to do it and get a couple of tricks with that. And I think your comment on speed equaling strength is, a, is an amazing uh, take home to that. The functional exam is is certainly one that trips a lot of us up because people can be very convincing in there and, and focusing on that symmetry can be critical. 
Pivoting a little bit off the vascular bit and just maybe one last question here. Anything that you can speak to regarding some of the neuromuscular, like the like uh, focusing on the on neck strength or some of the neck exam, I guess would be lack of a better term. Yeah, absolutely. Most people move their head a lot, whether they're talking to you or they're nodding at you or things like that. Anybody who's got their head resting on the bed the whole time that you're talking to them has a weakness of their ability to lift their neck. And that's a very dangerous thing. There are certain conditions such as Guillain-Barre or spinal cord disease, things like that where they can't do that. If you ever have somebody with their head pulled down, they say, Doc, it's the funniest thing, I can't lift my head. That's somebody that could stop breathing because again, three, four, five keeps you alive. That's the same area as your diaphragm. Uh, so neck exam is a key part, but a lot of it is observation, but you can also formally test it. Have them lift their, uh, their head against your finger or push back on your hand. That's huge. I think these are, these are elements that, that we just don't see or, or focus on a lot. I think one of the, the running jokes, at least in the ED, is that concept of always, you know, do we do you have to get up and walk every patient? And I think that the, the, the reason why that can be almost amusing at times is that the answer is yes. <laughs> get them up if you can and see their, their strength and standing, see what that gait is. You'll learn a lot. Um, I think one of the take-home uh, tricks that I, I learned from you years ago was even just that idea of getting into that concept of strength and speed and the confusion with even ataxia, that people who have mild weakness can look ataxic and, and, and vice versa. And those were some of the take-homes that I got out of that. Yeah, as a final thought, any mall in America, any sports stadium, any park, you'll see Parkinson's disease, the way they walk. You'll see fascinating gait. You'll see asymmetry and arm swing. You'll see shuffling gait. You'll see strokes. You'll see cerebral palsy. Just use your everyday experience to look and you'll see these asymmetries everywhere. Power of observation. That is great. Dan, I really appreciate it. These are some some great tips and tricks for us to, to take home and, and to augment an already strong uh, basic neurologic exam, but to take it to one, one step further. And so this is Bill Knight working with Dan Wu today at the National Stroke Education Center. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. This Stroke Journey podcast is a collaboration between the National Stroke Education Center, MCRAIG International, and MedEd On The Go. For more comprehensive, high-quality educational resources for healthcare professionals, please visit strokejourney.com.